trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Teresa Mills and Roxanne Groff, founders of the Ohio Brine Task Force, educating and organizing the people of Ohio regarding oil and gas liquid waste, or brine which is currently spread on our roadways for dust and ice control, sounding the alarm that this brine is far more than salty water. In fact, it's dangerous. It's radioactive. For almost 30 years, Teresa Mills has worked as a grassroots leader to help communities find their voices, analyze data, and develop strategic plans. She began her activism career by shutting down the Columbus trash incinerator, which was polluting her neighborhood and was later defined as the largest emitter of dioxin in the country. Teresa is the executive director of the Buckeye Environmental Network, a statewide coalition of grassroots-focused groups. And today she works with the Center for Health and Environmental Justice to train and assist grassroots leaders across the country. Teresa also coordinates Center for Health and Environmental Justice's Small Grants Program. Roxanne Groff graduated from Ohio University and made Athens County her home. In 1978, she co-founded Save Our Rural Environment, or SORE, a grassroots group protesting the permitting of strip mines in eastern Athens County. Her interest in state law and the lack of implementation of rules by the regulatory agencies led her to run for and win, Burn Township Trustee and then Athens County Commissioner. Recently, Roxanne has been working with Athens County Fracking Action Network, or ACFAN, and Buckeye Environmental Network, opposing permitting toxic radioactive injection wells in Ohio and opposing the sale of mineral parcels on public lands, especially the Wayne National Forest in Ohio. She has lived off the grid for 45 years on her pastoral homestead in rural Athens County. Two radioactive brine bills are before the 134th Ohio General Assembly as we speak. Ohio House Bill 282 and Senate Bill 171, both written to establish conditions for the sale of brine as a commodity. One such product, currently marketed under the name of Aqua Salina, was tested by the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, and the results from the test revealed that this product contains high levels of radium-226 and radium-228. Welcome to the show, Roxanne and Teresa. Thank you. Thanks, Carolyn. Good to see you. Tell us about how this oil and gas brine spread on our roads for dust and ice control can impact Ohioans, our animals, our water, our food. Let's start with you, Teresa. Well, anything that that we're putting on our land that has the potential to go into our water, and this also has the potential to become airborne. Because if, if you've ever noticed when you're in the winter, you see the little white lines on the road where brine, either raw brine or aquasalina has been spread. Once it dries, it, it's like a mist. It becomes airborne. So you're breathing it in, you're, there's a potential to drink it, you know, when it gets into the water. So radium is radium 226 and radium 228 
have been found in high concentrations in the brine, raw brine, and in aquasalina. And uh, radium-226 is a bone seeker. It seeks your bones. It mimics calcium. Your body thinks it's calcium. So it's, you know, it's a leukemogen. It, it, it can cause breast cancer. So it, we, we have no business putting it anywhere except back down in the ground where it came from. Leave it there. Roxanne, well, how can this harm Ohioans? Well, you know, this started, the, the, the starting putting brine on our roads, and we don't call it brine, we're just going to go right to toxic radioactive waste. Putting toxic radioactive waste, just that, using that as the title of, of the substance is enough to alarm and alert people that what your townships, your county, what the state is putting on the roads is toxic radioactive waste from the oil and gas industry. So it's it's a convenient way to get rid of the oil and gas waste instead of following the law, which is to put it down an injection well, which we don't like any really much better, but that's certainly a better option than putting it on the roads. Where Teresa said, in the summer, if it's used for dust control, it can become airborne. So if you're riding your bicycle, walking your dog, you're breathing it in off these gravel roads. And for ODOT, who uses it in um, many of the 88 counties, about 35 or 36, they're spreading it as a pretreatment in the winter. So it has a huge um, capability of going off the roads, into the ditches, into the groundwater systems, and it's cumulative. Radio, radium 226 and 228 doesn't break down for thousands of years. And when it does start breaking down, it breaks down into radon. You know, this comes from uranium. So uranium, radium, radon. So the exposure that people are having unwittingly, unknowingly, are being exposed to radioactive material. We think it's kind of simple when you put it that way. It's radioactive, it's radioactive, it's radioactive. What what else do you need to know about it? And, um, you know, it seems like a small amount that's just poured, you know, during winter, during the icy times and and during the dusty times. Is it a large amount or is it minimal? I mean, how much does ODOT put on the roads? Do we have any idea? Hundreds of thousands of gallons. (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of gallons are put down in the winter on the state highways. And then in the same, possibly in the same county, the townships or the county might be putting direct raw brine right from an oil and gas well directly on the roads in the summer as a dust control. So you could have de-icing in the winter and dust control in the summer. So it could be a year-round application. So that ends up being a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And people don't know it. Okay. So if this is already allowed, what are these bills that are being sponsored and initiated at the Ohio General Assembly? Um, Tell us about these two brine bills, uh, House Bill 282 and Senate Bill 171. What's going on? Let's start with you, Roxanne. These two bills are being sponsored. One's in the House, 282. One's in the Senate, 171. And they're a direct direct result of the manufacture of a product called the Aquasalina that Teresa had mentioned, which is a toxic radioactive waste product that is made for the purpose of mainly de-icing, but it is, it's also used as a dust control. And the person who owns that company, David Mansbury, Duck Energy, 
is located up in the Cleveland area, and he does not want any regulations on his oil and gas waste product. So he's trying to get out from under existing regulatory oversight by saying, if y'all make this into a commodity, then I don't have to have any rules. ODNR can still you know, have oversight, but we went out from all of the reporting and all of the things that make the regulatory oversight be somewhat significant. He doesn't want it. He's a businessman. He doesn't want regulations or or rules. So that means that ODNR would not know how much he's selling, where it's going. And it's it's a toxic radioactive product that shouldn't even be made and sold as a product. But, you know, we're starting with trying to get the legislature to be educated about that this is toxic radioactive waste and not some, as they call it, environmentally friendly product that they're calling it in the legislation. Okay, Teresa, ODNR seems like strange bedfellows for folks that are against fracking, frack waste. I mean, we've been fighting with ODNR from permitting these injection wells and permitting frack wells. So where is ODNR on these bills, Teresa? Well, it's funny. Um, the, the two sponsors yesterday talked about how they had had a conversation with ODNR and ODNR was a little wishy-washy and wouldn't say that it was it was problematic. Well, I mean, Roxanne and I have both met face-to-face with ODNR. And when we asked if the product was safe, they said we would never say it was safe. So it's they tell us one thing, they tell, you know, an, an agency, you know, a, an individual, someone else, you know, something else. Of course, they can't come out publicly and say that, that this product is not safe or they would all lose their jobs. Right. Or they would all lose their jobs. So their jobs are more important than our lives. But at one time when Roxanne and I met with ODNR, one of the gentlemen who was getting ready to retire <laughs> said to me, Teresa, you know, we tried to stop brine spreading in 1986. And I played along and said, yes. And he said, I said, but what did, why didn't you, why weren't you able to stop it? And he said, because the legislature said we did not have enough proof that it was a problem. Now we have plenty of proof and we need to stop the radioactive waste from the brine being spread and also particularly this product that they're now trying, that they're trying to put out on the open market, which they did at one time. They still have it. They still use it. We were, it was actually sold in Lowe's. So we contacted several years ago, Lowe's and sent them the information on the testing and Lowe's pulled it from their shelf. So, you know, if that's what we have to continue to do, then that's what we'll do. You know, we'll, we'll track them. So OD, um, ODNR actually did measure the radioactive lemma, uh, levels of radium in aquasalina. And wasn't it like, what, 40 times the uh, amount that is uh, legal to then put that water back into the system? Or what no, was it? 333 times. 333 times. Yeah. And that was being sold. And Lowe's has since pulled that. But yes. ODOT still uses it, right? Correct. Okay. ODOT uses it as well as the Ohio Turnpike Commission. Okay. So what are you trying to do regarding these two bills? Are your, is your group, the Ohio Brine Task Force, are you trying to stop this bill from making it a commodity? What are you doing? Yes. Trying, trying to, first we're trying to educate the 
legislators. This is the fifth set, third set of bills, actually, but it's the fifth piece of legislation that has gone before the Ohio legislature. Each time it might, sometimes it passes out of a committee, but then gets stalled in the full house or the mostly the full house. I don't think it's ever gotten to the full Senate. And this time there's a heavy push by the sponsors, heavy push. It, it actually came forth in the 133rd assembly, was introduced, never got sponsored testimony, and now we're in the 134th. So we're hoping to educate the people who are voting on it in the committee and just stop it right in the committees itself so it doesn't get to a full House or full Senate mm-hmm. vote. And we put together... Um, Teresa and I and some others put together a really good educational packet that we think is going to be helpful should a legislator care to to read it and study it and learn what it says. And it's all facts. It's all facts about the product. There is nothing that's that's uh, they're greenwashing. And we're trying to, you know, unwhitewash this stuff by telling the facts about the product. I mean, it's radioactive <coughs> material. You don't you, you, you know, you don't find de-icers and dust control that are made with radioactive material. I mean, who would who would use it if they knew that there was radioactive material in it? So we're trying to do an education also with ODOT. We've had several meetings with ODOT and they're, you know, they're listening. They're, they're, but somebody needs to tell them from the lawmakers and from the regulatory agencies, no, you're not going to use this anymore. It's, right. it's not okay. So we're hoping that we stop it right here in committee before it gets to out of the committee. Isn't that okay, right, Lynn, Teresa? Uh, Carolyn, the, there, there's a big difference in this, in these two bills and in the past bills. This is a, what I call a monstrous right. bill because in these two bills, they set a limit, an allowable limit of 20,000 picocuries of radium-226. 20,000. That, that is astronomical. I had uh, Dr. Don, John Stoltz from Pennsylvania say, Ohio is insane. You know, 20,000 picocuries. But the thing is, with that being in this bill, that then puts that in statute. That becomes law. And we cannot allow 20,000 picocuries of radium-226 I mean, have you ever heard of the radium girls? Madam Curie, that's what they were killed by, was radium-226. Right. And Teresa, wasn't it the limit five picocuries per milliliter? Wasn't that the limit? That's the EPA's limit, yeah. Yeah, five is the drinking water standard. And then 60 picocuries is the affluent limit to the environment. So it's nowhere near what legal is. Okay, so this would basically deregulate. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay. So they could put all the radioactive element they want into this brine and just spread it as a commodity. Yes, absolutely. I would. I listened to the um, Senate, um, the sponsors yesterday, Mm -hmm. and there were Senator Hoagland and Senator Rooley, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how this was going to be filtered and cleaned of all the elements. And then I wondered, I know that the radium is the issue, um, the, the most dangerous issue. Chloride and sodium is bad for our water tables too. 
But how indeed will they be able to, or can they even filter out the radium or will they um, filter out the radium? I know I've read studies that it's possible. So is that even in the, in the uh, plan? No, 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 no. It's, it's not, he's, he, they're not made to the, the brine anywhere where brine is spread in the United States. Radium is not uh, regulated to be taken out. You know, this is actually kind of, it's not a new discovery for people like us who've been studying this for a long time, but other, other states are finding, coming to the realization, the stark realization that this radi- this product that's being used on roads, state, township, county, is radioactive material. And they're trying to figure out what to do with it because the feds aren't doing anything about it. Some states like West Virginia have a pretest. So once the pretest happens and they actually test for the radium and other uh, organics, it comes out that there's that that's in there. And of course, and that has to be revealed. Well, if you don't have a pretest, then nobody knows there's radioactivity. There's no radium in it. Nobody would know that it's not required to be labeled. So imagine if it was a product that had to have a skull and crossbones on it in, in, instead of in, instead of ancient seawater. And that's what Senator Hoagland said, who actually owns a security firm to um, protect frack infrastructure. But Senator Hoagland said that, um, that the brine trucks don't have to be labeled with radioactive symbols. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. yes. Why, Teresa? Correct. Because it's it was exempt under uh, the Halliburton loop. It's called a the Halliburton loophole. So the federal government uh, exempted them from having to be placarded as hazardous waste. All that says is residual waste. Okay. Carolyn Think about Hardy. this. Think about this also, Carolyn. This is very important. And the first time it came around, when I sent an email to every member of the legislature. With the original testing, I said in my subject line, we don't radiate babies, do we? And that was when we had all of them, you know, pull their sponsorship. Now think about it. Aqua Selena will be sold on the open market. So you can go into stores, hardware store in Hartville, Ohio had the highest concentration. You can go in and you can purchase it. Okay. Um, I recently had a conversation with Dr. Stoltz and he tested, we sent him some Aquasalina for him to test. And he found that originally when he tested, he found the high radiation, the high 226, 228. When he opened it recently, he found that the radon increased because 226 decays down to radon. And you know, radon, you have to mitigate in your house. Okay. So now imagine you go into a store and you buy a gallon or two of Aquasalina not knowing it's radioactive because there's nothing on that bottle that will tell you that. So you go out and you spread it on your sidewalk, you put it on your steps to keep the ice away, put it on your porch. When it dries, you track it in your house, it's on the floor. Who crawls on your floors? Your babies. What do they do? They put their hands in their mouths. That's why I'm saying we, they need to stop this practice and they need to stop it now. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Roxanne Groff and Teresa Mills, and we're discussing the Ohio Brine Task Force, a group of concerned citizens that are raising awareness about the radioactivity of this oil and gas natural liquid waste, or which is called brine. 
I'd like to talk about some other issues. Why did you create this Brian Task Force and how many people are involved with this? Well, Roxanne? we created the, the Brian Task Force right after the, uh, the Rolling Stone article by um, Justin Noble came out talking about the brine and the radiation and, and different things and him coming to Ohio and presenting that. And, you know, it was, it was great. He gave us the, the tools that we, some of the tools that we needed. And so people wanted to know what we could do. And therefore that was when we created the Ohio brine task force. So, and there's probably roughly off and on probably 200, 225 members. It also was so important I'm sorry, it was just also important, really important to engage people from all over the state because this stuff is being used all over the state. So it was also an awareness campaign for citizens to help get them engaged. Like, do you know that toxic radioactive waste is being spread on your roads and is being used in your neighborhoods and on your parking lots in your neighborhoods? So and people, as people became aware of the really significant issues here. It was pretty easy to, it was, it's also when Teresa and I addressed the last sponsor and told him we were part of the Ohio Brown task force. And also, you know, lent some credibility, well, a lot of credibility because we had done all this research and were able to present factual information to a lawmaker who took, sat up and took notice of. And you have a website. So what is your website? It's the Ohio Brine Task Force.org. Okay. Ohio Brine Task Force.org. Okay. So, what are you asking concerned citizens to do to help stop this? Right now, we're asking them to contact their legislators. Right now, the legislators that are in the are on the committees, both in the House and the Senate, they have all received our education packets, the entire committees. Uh, We will be getting ready to send the packets to the entire House and the entire uh, Senate because, you know, we know how this House and Senate go. They could, you know, pass it out of committee one day and walk it down the hall and it be introduced to the full House or the Senate. So we, we can't take time to just focus on the committee. We need to educate the entire uh, House and Senate. Uh, So that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're trying to get some of them to, right now we're collecting um, counties. Who do we have in certain representative counties? We had one, we were just on a call. We had one uh, member of the task force call Cinder Hackett and their aide was very rude, um, told her that she was not one of his constituents and that they have, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people unemployed and hung up on her. Shame on him. Shame on him. And now that will be exposed through your radio program, Caroline. <laughs> Caroline. Good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so direct action. Folks that are concerned about this brine on their roadways yep. can contact their legislators and um, reference House Bill 282 and Senate Bill 171. But I think they should go directly to your website first and get informed yes. more, which is, again, the Ohio Brine Task Force.org. Okay, great. So in addition, like you want them to reach out, call or email their legislators. But in addition to this law, 
how can Ohioans stop this radioactive brine spreading? Is there anything else they can do? Yeah, I mean, they. we cannot forget that it's not only the legislators. Um, the legislators are the ones that allow this to happen. They need to contact ODNR. They need to contact ODH, their districts, you know, with the Ohio Department of Transportation. Find out if the stuff is used on your county or your state roads. Find out, I mean, in Medina, the city of Medina, you know, all of a sudden said, we're not going to use Aquasalina. So, you know, find out, act locally, find out what is being presented in your community. Go to your city council, go to your city council, go to your county commissioners. Yep. Absolutely. And the governor. And the governor, governor you, I mean, yes, start the educating governor. the governor in case it actually goes that far. He and needs educating to know the candidates for governor. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious. With this radioactive element, why would who? What are the forces behind these bills? Who? What? What is the um, the bigger energy? The bigger people that are get lobbying our lawmakers to pass these bills? The industry. Industry. The industry. You know, Ohio is is bought and sold to the industry and anything oil and gas. I mean, there are lawmakers who truly believe that anything oil and gas is the best thing that could ever happen to the state. And they actually and, and this waste product doesn't have anything to do with the industry. It, it has to do with one man, one business in, in the state of Ohio who is asking to get out from under regulatory oversight. So it's one small business. That's it. But because our legislators, you know, believe that everything oil and gas is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So to make a bill change all of Ohio law for one small business is 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 not a good it's not a good precedent to set. It just cannot happen. Cannot. Right. But it it also opens it up. One last word, Teresa. Okay, it also opens it up to other other companies to come in and do the same thing. Yes, the bill says if they have the right process. Well, what is that process? We don't know. So it's, uh, as you said, Caroline, it is deregulating this industry. Now, we don't know for sure, but this certainly looks and smells like an ALEC bill. Yeah, it smells like ALEC bill to me. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for this whistleblow on this deceptively labeled dangerous commodity, radioactive oil and gas brine, the oil and gas lobbying and Ohio lawmakers who legislate profits over the health and well-being of Ohioans. Thank you for your persistent work for clean and safe water, air, soil, and the rights of Ohioans. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.798.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.